Good morning, family. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the leaders here in our family who's seeking to lead through serving. Uh, I'm so glad you've chosen to worship with us this morning. We're uh, continuing on our series, Empowered, where we're trying to show how the good news of Jesus, otherwise known as the gospel, undergirds our entire mission statement. It, it undergirds that we are family through our eternal relationship, through faith in Jesus with God the Father. It undergirds that it impacts the everyday as we seek to increasingly allow Jesus to be leader as we are his followers. It impacts every day. And it's not to be kept. It's to be shared with everyone so that we might help others follow Jesus. Everything we do is based off of the engine that is the gospel. And we're seeking to show that uh, this series specifically. And this morning, uh, to the text we're going to use to kind of highlight that is found in Colossians 1. If you want to turn there, in the Bibles you have, it's on page 833, otherwise Colossians chapter 1. And then I'm going to start us out in prayer. Colossians chapter 1. So, Father, we thank you that we can gather together as, as family, as your sons, as your daughters. And I pray that you would use uh, my words, but even more so your word, to point to the word Jesus Christ, that he might encourage and challenge and inspire and convict through the Holy Spirit that we might better reflect him in our normal everyday lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, someone, I, I want someone to uh, show, tell me what this is a picture of, this first image. It's not a trick. Can't Mountain Dew, right? Yeah, I was watching TV the other day and I saw a commercial for Mountain Dew. And now, were I to allow myself... On the very rare occasion, I allow myself to ingest 78 grams of sugar from one 20-ouncer. This would be what I would allow myself to do it with. You know why? It's super yummy, right? It's really, really good. It tastes really, really good. And so I was watching TV because it's, it's football. It's football season. And uh, I was watching TV and I saw a commercial for this. Coincidentally, I've got a seventh grade son who did an Ignite sleepover, I think, in, in this sanctuary. And he had one of these at midnight. And he's like, Dad, it calmed me down. And I'm like, sure it did. Right? This is Mountain Dew. It's got tons of caffeine. It's got tons of sugar. Tons of kick. But anyways, I'm watching this commercial during football for Mountain Dew. And I see this gentleman on the commercial. If you put up that next image for me, please. Uh, and this is a unique gentleman. I think he's like 80 years old. And uh, what he does is he's an artist who boxes. He does art through boxing. He'll put paint on his boxing gloves and just make art. Now, whether you're a student currently or you were a student, how many of you would have taken that elective? Right? Every one of us would have taken that elective. Why? Because it looks really fun. I mean, who wouldn't want to art box? But this guy is like 80 years old and he creates art. Through boxing, and I would pronounce his name, but I would probably mispronounce it in my notes here. But during the commercial, Mountain Dew is super smart in marketing, right? They have people paid a lot of money to kind of get us to want to drink their soda. And so they have this phrase that comes up as he is doing his boxing, and he's like, I do what I like. And it's just brilliant marketing. You know why? Because that's what we want to hear. Like, they're trying to say this guy is unique, he's creative, he does what he likes, and they're trying, he does what he likes, and he, they're trying to say that if you drink our soda, you can do what you like, too. It's kind of this whole, you do you. I told my kids, don't say that. I said, don't say you do you. Because you do you means I can do what I want, when I want, how I want. It's kind of like this next phrase, be you, do you, for you. Words there are a lot of in there. 
you. Which is why Mountain Dew is brilliant. Because they know if we can make life all about us, we're going to want to buy that soda and drink it because that's what we want deep down inside, myself included. Myself included. We want life to be about us. And then we wonder, though, why we're more restless, anxious, unfulfilled, lacking purpose than ever. Well, that's what happens when we make life about us. Could it be that the you-do-you worldview is false and it can't deliver? Could it be that we were never intended to make life about us at the center See, and as followers of Jesus, we need to know how the good news of Jesus empowers us every day and in every way. And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not by be you, do you, for you. It's by making someone else the center and the focus. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 1 as we, again, talk about how the good news of Jesus impacts the everyday. And just a note, too, Colossians chapter 1 is a guy by the name of Paul. And you talk about eternal relationship with God the Father impacting the everyday. He used to kill followers of Jesus. Now he's one of the foremost leaders of them. That's the good news impacting every day, right? And what he would do is sometimes he would travel to different regions that we read in this book, Thessalonica, different places. I think, I can't remember if he traveled there, but he's traveled to different places, Ephesus, wherever. And he would start churches. People who began following Jesus, he'd assemble them together into these things called churches and then write letters back to them to encourage them. He had not been to Colossae, as Troy mentioned last week, but he's trying to encourage these people who used to not have faith in Jesus, who now have faith in Jesus. He's going to remind them about those truths, and he's going to try to encourage them how they can live out those truths in the everyday. So all that to say, this is a real person writing to other real people in a real place like this actually happened. This isn't a story. It's legit. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. Start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Coloss, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. The faith and love that spring from the hope that's stored up for you in heaven and that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. And I want to start where Troy left off last week. So go to verse 4 with me, and when I stop reading, please continue reading. Verse 4. Because we've heard of your faith... In Christ Jesus. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And Troy talked about this last week. The the fact that we either exist eternally connected and relating with God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ or separated from God the Father. And um, we don't talk about this term a lot, but I was talking to one of the sisters in Christ in Jackson, a sweet lady named Rosie, and last spring she was super excited to tell me something, and so after the gathering she sat me down, and she said, Ryan, guess what? And I said, what? She said, I'm born again now. And I was so excited. Now, we don't use this term a lot because it has some cultural baggage associated with it, but the scriptures use this term born again. What it means is that someone's come into a relationship with Jesus where their sins are forgiven. They're given new life in him to follow him, right? It becoming a Christian. 
And I, I talked to Rosie, and I was so excited for her. And I said, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to share a little bit of your story. So I sat down with her this past week, videotaped her, and I want to show you that. I think how my story, how I became born again, is my small group. We were covering the Acts 1 and 2, and it spoke about being born of the Holy Spirit. And I was questioning, what is that all about? I used to think it was maybe something that was kind of um, culty or like reincarnation that you died and you came back as a different person or animal or something. So the members in my small group, my Bible study group, were able to really tell me a lot about it and encourage me to do the process. They said all of them were willing to help me. And when I came to back to group and said I think that I experienced it, they were so pleased with me too. And we were happy together like a family. When I think about being born again now, what I think about is it's, it's, it's almost like I've become a Christian. I've been coming to Kettlebrook for 10 years, and um, yet I don't know that I really felt that. But now, being born again, I feel like I have Jesus Christ in my life. I, I have um, the realization of my sins and uh, that I can be forgiven and saved by Jesus. Um, it's just like a, a new life, like a, like a, a really a Christian. Boy, now when I hear the word born again, I am aware of some of the things that uh, either the small group had told me or I went and did some <clears throat> research on it. And now I, I realize there's steps to it, you know, like where you... Um, acknowledge your sins and ask forgiveness to Jesus and to acknowledge that Jesus died for our sins and to thank him for that and to develop more of a relationship with him and, and to read the gospel more and just just be a, more of a fuller Christian. Amen. Now, Rosie's talked about a process. Rosie's journey and story might look different. There is no one process. I just want to make that clear. But what is clear is that Rosie became a follower of Jesus. Rosie became a follower of Jesus. And I just want to encourage us. When I was talking with Rosie, there were so many things that, that I was encouraged by in her story. But here's a couple. Um, is God ever done with a person? Never done. Doesn't matter whether we're two months old or 202. God is never done with a person. And another encouraging facet was the person who helped Rosie process this the most is someone her own age. So I just want to, we've said this before and we'll continue to say it, but if you're in our family and you're retirement age or beyond, we are so thankful that you are part of our family. We need you. Sometimes when we're a couple years behind you, we have some passion but we lack the wisdom that you have. 
the maturity that you have, that you can pour into all of us, myself included. So we are so thankful you're part of our family. Continue to use your gifts, your wisdom, your maturity in this family, we pray. Another thing that um, I was encouraged by, did you catch the context where Rosie became a follower of Jesus? Through a small group. Through a small group. We talk about groups like all the time in our family, right? Whether they be triads, huddles, small groups, missional communities. We talk about groups all the time. And what was so cool is in that context, people in her group had experienced becoming a follower of Jesus, eternal relationship with God the Father that impacted their everyday life so that they would want to help someone else become in Christ, become a follower of Jesus, become what the scripture says in John 4, born again too. It's amazing, right? And I know, because I've led groups and continue to lead groups, if you're here and you lead groups, you've led groups in the past, if you don't lead a group, but maybe in life in general, you try and point people to Jesus, are there times when you wonder, is it worth it? Or you wonder, God, are you doing anything here? Right? And it's mysterious how God works. There's things happening behind the scenes and in ways we do or don't know. But all I want to tell you is it's worth it. You're worth it. Your leadership, your serving in those ways, even if you're not leading group and you're trying to point people to Jesus, don't stop. He's working even when you can't see he's not working. And some of us are going to get to experience what that group got to experience with Rosie, that people become followers of Jesus and it's like, Praise God. Some of us are going to get to experience where people grow in the everyday following of Jesus and become more like him. And we're like, praise God. Some of us are going to get to be doubly blessed by God and get to experience both. It's like, praise God. And some of us, all of us at different times, will continue to patiently, persistently, faithfully serve God in the ways he's called and wait. Might we still say praise God and trust God? Okay, guys, it's worth it. Family, it's worth it. Another thing, when when Rosie talks about being born again, she talks about becoming a Christian. And as I was talking with Rosie, she'd been at the Jackson site since it started, 2010. She said, you looked friendly on the postcards. We tricked her. (laughs) She'd been there since 2010. Think about how many messages she had heard. I talk about this all the time. Think about how many in groups... How many times she'd heard about relationship with God all the time. And then 10 years later, something clicked where she was like, I get it. So I just want to implore you, family, if you're here this morning, I want to ask you, I want to challenge you, I want to invite you. Are you in Christ? Are you a follower of his? And yes, we're talking about that affecting and impacting every day. And that's true. But even alongside of that, what's also essential is if I were seated across the table and Bob and I were talking and I said, Bob, if something were to tragically happen to you and you passed, how sure are you that you would spend eternity with God? We can answer 10 on that. 10 being very sure, one being very unsure. We can answer 10 on that. If you can't answer 10 on that, please don't hear me like shame on you. Hear me. Please talk to somebody. We care about you. We love you. We want you to be able to know that you can have eternal relationship with God the Father. And then when someone would say, well, how can you know for sure? You'd say, it's because of Jesus. 
It's only because of the good news of Jesus, what he's accomplished on my behalf and my faith, my trust in that. So if you're not sure about that, please talk to somebody. It's no different than in, the, in our extended family. We've had people physically give birth to babies over the past year. We also need to experience, quote-unquote, spiritual birth, where the scripture says, John 4, we're born again. Please talk to someone. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Troy, Steve, your group leader, an elder, a f- friend or a family member who you know follows Jesus and believes in him. Please talk to him. I mean, this is important stuff. We don't gather like this. We don't gather in groups. We don't serve in our communities because we have more time than the general population. It's not why we do what we do. We do it so that we can help people experience becoming eternal, having eternal relationship where they become in Christ, then in the everyday that they get to show Christ. Amen? That's why we do what we do. Becoming in Christ. Becoming a follower of Jesus, Rosie's story, is essential. But don't mishear me, it's just the beginning. It's not the end, it's the beginning. And as this happened in the lives of the Colossians, there, there was also probably this struggle that was occurring, right? See, from the beginning of someone becoming a follower of Jesus, they intrinsically kind of feel and know that this good news is not just for them. It's meant to be shared with others. I remember that was my story. I couldn't wait for others to experience what I experienced in college because the changes when I became a follower of Jesus were kind of substantial and were different. But there was also this struggle because before I was in Christ, I would have agreed with the be you, do you, for you worldview. Right? Because that's focused on me. And too often still, life's focused on me. But hopefully now I'm convicted more than I used to be, right? But that's what I used to think. Do what I want, when I want it, answer only to myself. But when I became in Christ, when I started a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, God patiently and gently began to change me and show me that, man, eternity is meant to impact the everyday. And life really shouldn't be just about me anymore. But there's a greater purpose. There's a greater purpose. Before, I've said this before, but before I would hang with the cool crowd, And kind of anybody outside of that, I would just easily reject. But then God began to show me, huh, that's not what Jesus did. So maybe I, through the Spirit, patiently could be changed in that. Before, I would principally think about myself. But again, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's not what Jesus did. Maybe God could change me, and he began to change me slowly but surely in that. Before, I would withhold forgiveness of people whether they deserved it or not. But God began to patiently show me, hmm, you probably didn't deserve forgiveness either, Ryan. But I offered it to you in Jesus. See, it was almost like the Holy Spirit was teaching me this following verse before any person ever taught me it. Galatians 2.20 states this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and who gave himself for me. See, when we become in Christ, the good news empowers us in the everyday stuff of life, in that we go from this, be you, do you, for you, there's a lot of you in there, and we go to, which still has you, okay, I get it, Christ 
in you, Christ through you, for others. There's a different focus. There's a different kind of author leader, so to speak. And if we were to talk about our family, it would be Christ in us, Christ through us for others. Both are true, right? But there's this radical shift that happens. There's a totally different way in which we view life. Right? Let's, let's say, visually, to picture it, if Jim here is Jesus, Jim is Jesus, right? And, and I'm seated on the throne of my own life before. Now, if Jim's Jesus, it's like I'm taking a seat and saying, Jesus, what do you have for me? What do you want for me? And it's not even because I have to. That's the crazy part. It's because I want to because he's done so much for me that now I just want to serve him. And it's out of joy. It's not out of like have to. It's not out of duty. It's devotion. There's a complete shift in our mindset when we experience eternal relationship with God that affects the everyday. Now, if you talk to anybody here, is that always easy? No, because I still want to lapse back into be me, do me for me, right? But the Spirit empowers us slowly, patiently, persistently to Christ in me, Christ through me, for others. And family, as we experience this, the good news eternally impacting the, our, us every day, uh, we're going to be different and people are going to be changed. Just like it says in the end of 5 and verse 6 here, the gospel that has come to you all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it, heard it and understood God's grace and all the truth. It's still doing that today, the good news of gospel, right? Globally. The good news of gospel is bearing fruit and growing. See Ch- Sa- uh, Sally in Chad, Africa, right? We've talked about her all summer. The good news of the gospel is still bearing fruit and growing here locally. See Rosie Cowden and insert a whole bunch of other names. It's doing all of that. And as we begin to be changed progressively by the good news of the gospel, by the power of God, people will notice. They'll know we are Christians by our love. They're going to notice, and they're going to ask. I want to give you a few examples of what this might look like. There could be 101, 1,001 different examples. Example number one. Some family members in our extended spiritual family here um, had some trouble. They had some financial trouble. They needed help, um, and they were in a group with brothers and sisters who knew of this financial trouble, knew that they needed help. And I think, I don't know because I haven't had the conversation, but I would imagine the person who offered the help knew that all that they had had been given to them by God. It wasn't theirs. They were stewarding it in a sense. They knew that they deserved the wages of death and eternal separation from God, but God gave them so much more. He gave them the wages of eternity through their faith in Jesus. And so they're like, why would I not help this person? They have a need. And so they helped it out. And what I love is when they helped it out, this person out, you know what they said? That's what family does. That's what family does. Now, this doesn't epitomize following Jesus in every day, but it's an example of following Jesus every day. What about if you're a student here this morning? And this could apply to adults too, but what if you're a student here this morning? You're in different clubs. You're on different teams. Um, you're in different social spheres. And in middle school and high school, more than ever, we, we have all these labels. Cool and uncool, athletic, unathletic, smart and not smart, you, you name it, you know, popular, unpopular. What if we 
as students, what if we were the ones who, maybe in the lunchroom, notice those who are labeled outsiders, those who aren't reached out to, those who aren't invited in. And we invited them in because we know God invited us in through Jesus Christ. Maybe it's when you're on your sports team and you pair up to do drills. Maybe there's a a boy or a girl who's usually picked last or not picked to be partnered. And you're like, you know what? The good news of Jesus can affect the everyday in that I'm going to intentionally pick them to be my partner. I'm going to pair up with them because other people aren't. And God, in essence, picked me for faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe it's befriending someone who doesn't have a lot of friends, and maybe other people wouldn't because socially you'd use clout, lose clout, whatever it is, but you're like, you know what? God invited me into relationship with him through faith in Jesus, so I'm going to invite them into relationship with me because I want to see the good news of Jesus impact the everyday. Maybe that's what it would look like as one way to follow Jesus in the everyday. Another example is I have a brother in Christ who has a fairly demanding job, lots of hours, lots of responsibility, but I want to become more like this brother because this brother is the first one when there's a need and help is needed. He's like, pick me. He didn't say pick me, right? He didn't say that, but that's basically what he says through his actions. He's like, I'll help out. It's not because he has way more time than everybody else. He probably has less time than everybody else. But he's just chosen that he has the ability to help. doesn't necessarily have the time. He has to actually probably not do things that he needs to do. But he just wants to continually help other people out. And I've been the recipient of help from this brother in Christ. And I've got to believe it's because the good news of Jesus is impacting his every day and changing him. He knows that God has and continues to help him through Jesus. So why would he not help others? There's another brother in Christ I know who, if you think about kind of shepherding people, whether it's people inside the Kettlebrook family or outside, he's the first one who's always there. And maybe you're like me. It's easier for you to do that the first time, but not the 101st. He'll do it 101st. And I'm like, I want to be like him. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. My brother inspires me. Maybe... We have hard people to love in our lives. And society says, well, that's simple. Just write them off. And we're like, ah, but that's not what Jesus did. Right? And so we lean in. And so we maybe moment by moment, maybe day by day, whether it be at work, at home, in our neighborhood, in extended family, we choose, you know what? We're going to be the people who allow the good news of Jesus to affect the everyday And we're going to love someone who's maybe harder to love because Romans 5.8 says, well, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we're honest in our own hearts, we'd probably be hard to love sometimes too. Not probably, are. (laughs) I know I am. Right, see, the good news of Jesus affects the everyday. That's four examples. And what's so cool when you are in the role that Troy and myself and Steve and others are in here at Kettlebrook, I gave you four examples. We could list off 404. It's just so encouraging and exciting to be a part of this family because we're seeking to be a family of followers of Jesus who help others follow Jesus, where the good news of Jesus impacts the everyday. It's amazing all the stories we get to hear about our family and how we're doing this. 
What I want to close with is just a resource. You all should have received a sheet of paper when you walked in. It's called the Blessed Grid. This is not like scripture. This is not the gospel. This is just a resource. Okay? This is just a resource. Along the left, you'll see bless, listen, eat, share, Sabbath. These are kind of rhythms. These are things that, that God has done so that we can do. In the middle here, if you see where it says God, think about my relationship with God. When you see group or think spiritual family, think about my relationship with other followers of Jesus. When you see neighbors, think about my relationship with the world or those outside the family. All this is is a sheet to help us maybe prayerfully think through the upcoming week, the upcoming month. And then on the back side, sorry, proactive planning, think through the upcoming week or month. And on the back side, reflect on the past week, the past month. Now, if you are like me and you see all these squares, you're like, I have to do this, and then I have to do this, and then I have to do this, and then move this, this, this. Don't get bogged down in this. It's a tool. As helpful as it is, use it. Where it's not, don't. Okay? The tool is made for man, not man for the tool. But this is just a practical way that I've found to think through how I can add some intentionality to my following of Jesus. It talks about spending time in the scriptures. It talks about sharing a meal with somebody. It talks about listening to them. It talks about listening to God. It's just very, very tangible if we think about following Jesus in the everyday is so abstract and so big, this kind of breaks it down into bite-sized chunks. Family, our prayer, as we gather on Sundays, as we gather in groups, as we uh, seek to follow God outside of all of those times, our prayer would be that we could be a family who sees people experience eternal relationship with God, where they become in Christ, where they become followers of Jesus. They become family. That we would experience the people and the good news of Jesus impacting our every day in every way so that we can show the good news of Jesus and its power. And that all of that would help us happens so that we could be a family of followers of Jesus who then help others follow Jesus, that we don't keep the good news for ourselves, but we share it for other, with others. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this family, and thank you for the leader of this family, Jesus Christ, and how the Spirit empowers us to patiently, persistently, faithfully become more and more like the leader of our family. So God, thank you for all the stories we could tell, Thank you for the stories we did tell. Thank you that your story is impacting this family. And we pray that we would continue to come under the great grand rescue story of Jesus Christ with him as our leader so that the good news of Jesus might impact eternity in our lives, might impact the everyday, and that we might share it with everyone. And all God's people said...